What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Samantha McKenzie on the episode today. I am super excited to just like hear more about her story and just have her share with all of us. So Samantha, I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay. So um, a little background on me, I guess you could say. Um, I am, how old am I now? Oh gosh, just turned 26. Forgot how old I was already. <laughs> um, so pretty much um, I have, my whole life I've wanted to be a mom. That was like kind of my like strive in life. That's what I wanted to do. So, you know, you go through the things and get married and, you know, you try to have a baby and it doesn't come as easy as everyone thinks. And in my family, um, it seems like everybody was pregnant in seconds. Um, so it was like kind of just one of those things. I was like, Oh, it'll happen for me. It'll be easy. No big deal. So, you know, we were married for about a year before we seriously started trying or kind of just letting it happen. If it happens kind of thing. Um, and then it was our first month into actually trying. So, you know, I tracked my ovulation, I did all the things, um, and we got pregnant. And so I remember it was July 24th, um, a few months ago and I woke up, I was three days late and I was like, okay, let's just do this. Let's take it. It's probably going to be negative. It's always negative. It, I'm just used to negative. Um, so it was like five 30 in the morning and I was like, Hmm. Okay. And so, you know, you pee on the stick and I'm like, okay. And then I have the kind that you have to dunk in the, um, cup or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it instantly, the bottom line is always the line that never <laughs> is never goes through. And I was like, okay, is this upside down? Like it was five 30 in the morning. I'm like, maybe I did it wrong. Maybe I messed it up. I don't know. And so instantly both lines were very dark and very positive. So I was like, okay, all right, let me go make my husband's coffee and I'll come back. And, and, and I might just be looking at this weird. So I get back a few minutes later, I go in the bathroom and it's still positive. I'm like, okay, what do I do now? And so I go in our bedroom and my husband's half awake laying on the bed. And I'm like, I need you to look at this right now. I think I'm seeing double. I think I'm seeing something wrong. Like there's something wrong here that should be negative. And he's like, Oh, stop. It's one of those ovulation sticks. It's not a pregnancy test. I'm like, no, it is. It is. Look, 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 it's different. And so, you know, he was all excited. We were all excited. And I went about my day and then I was like, okay, let me go get a real test. And I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, I need one of those digital ones. I need the ones to tell me that it's, that I'm pregnant. Um, so I went to the store, got that came back three minutes. It was there. I was like, okay. So anyone that knows me knows I cannot keep a secret to save my life. And I work for my parents. So that didn't help either. So I get to work and my brother looks at me and he goes, something's wrong. And I'm like, well, it's not really wrong. It's I'm pregnant. So blah, 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 goes through the whole shebang. So finally my husband's like, we should wait a few weeks to tell our family, like just kind of just muster with it for a little bit. I'm like, I can't do that. I have to tell them. So finally I convince him that night. And so we make up this little thing and I have my brother open it and my whole family's there. Um, and so we tell everyone 
And then I look over at my sister-in-law and she looks like she's about to cry. And they got married about three months after we did. And I'm like, oh no, did she, did something happen? Like, I didn't know. I just had this sudden urge of like something seriously wrong. And so she's talking to her husband and she's talking to my, my other brother. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. At this point, I'm like trying to contemplate of what to say and what to do. I just didn't know how to be. And then she comes out of the room and my mom comes back in the room and my mom is like doing her happy cry thing. And I'm like, oh no. And I look at her, I go, you're pregnant. And she goes, yeah, I found out this morning. I was like, what? So me and my sister-in-law at that point were three days apart. And so it was really exciting. And we thought, oh my gosh, there was no way we could have planned this. There's no way that this was meant to be. So then you go, you call your doctor, you make an appointment, do all those things. And so a few days later, I had my first appointment, you know, the typical take your blood work, ask me about when you conceived and do all the things and set up kind of the rest of your appointments for the time. And so I was like, okay. So then another week goes by and my sister-in-law texts me and said, have you had any bleeding? And I was like, no, why? What's wrong? She's like, well, I'm going to urgent care. I've had some spotting. And I was like, okay. So at this point I'm, you know, being Dr. Google and going through everything and trying to figure it out. And I'm reading this book that I have and I was like, okay, this is common. It's early. It's okay. So she makes it through. They do an ultrasound with her doctor. It was fine. Everything's fine. So I'm like, okay. Then another week goes by and I go to the bathroom and I have spotting. I'm like, okay, well, my sister-in-law just went through this. It's, it's fine. Like, it's okay. And so my mom's like, well, you should call your doctor to make sure. So I call the doctor, the triage nurse tells me, well, you know, it's very common. This is, this is a typical thing. Like, you know, during your first trimester, spotting is not uncommon, but if it gets really heavy, call us back. And I was like, okay. So this was on a Friday and I remember it being Saturday and Sunday and I just knew something was wrong. I, I wasn't cramping or anything. I didn't have any like terrible signs. It was just spotting every like, I don't know, five to six hours. Um, and so I was like, okay, but I'm like, my sister-in-law just went through this. So there's really, there should be no reason. Like it, it's fine. It's totally fine. And so then I was like, okay, on Monday, if I still have it, I'll call the doctor again. And so I called them again and they were like, hmm, okay, well, has it increased? And I was like, yeah, and there's a little bit of red blood, but not much because mostly it was just brown before and they're like okay well you have an appointment scheduled for the next Tuesday let's just move that appointment up a week it's not going to hurt anything so the next day I go to the doctors and I'm sitting there and my mom goes with me because my husband couldn't get out of work that fast and um so I remember sitting there and I I was just like hmm okay something's really wrong I just knew it and my mom kept talking me out of it and kind of a little background I've I'm a um, a communication major and I just graduated from um, graduate school and I did a big documentary project on infertility and so during that time we interviewed countless doctors nurses and participants who um, were facing infertility and so I knew a lot of the signs I knew a lot of the symptoms I knew uh, I just knew so many things and I just knew this wasn't right and so went to the doctor and I went into the ultrasound room and, you know, you're laying there, you get to see a monitor. My mom got to see the other monitor and the ultrasound tech said nothing. 
And so I just remember, I go, I have to see something in that sack. That's the only way that I know that this isn't going south. And I remember laying there seeing absolutely nothing. And I was like, nope, there's no baby. This is, this is a miscarriage. I, I know it. And my, I'm looking at my mom and my mom's trying to be optimistic. So the nurse goes out while I um, change and come back in. I said, mom, did you see anything? She goes, well, I think I saw a little something. And I was like, mom, I saw nothing. There is nothing. And she's like, don't panic. Don't freak out yet. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we go into see the doctor. The doctor tells me, well, we won't know for another week. Your timeline's not making sense um, based on, you know, when your last period was to how far along we should be now. We should be seeing something. We do see the sac, but we don't see any fetal pole inside of the sac. And I was like, okay. And so at this point, I'm super emotional. Um, you know, it's kind of just one of those things where you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do. And she's like, well, I'm going to tell you this and you're not going to like it. She goes, we have to wait another week. And after this next week, we'll know because you'll be nine weeks in the next week. And if you seriously are nine weeks, we'll see something. And I was like, okay. She goes, it's going to be a long week. It's going to be hard. Um, but, you know, it's a 50-50 shot. It could be um, a blighted ovum or it just could be you were a lot earlier than we thought. And I was like, okay. And so at this point, I was like, blighted ovum, what, what is that? Um, so over the next week, I just started looking it up and started reading things and going through things. And I remember looking it up online and it said, um, you know, spotting, um, cramping and those kinds of things. And I was like, I'm not cramping. I'm like, maybe, maybe this is just a fluke thing. Maybe there's just leftover period in there. I, I didn't know. and um, but as the days progressed over that week, the bleeding got worse and worse in it. Um, a lot of it, you know, there was a lot of clots passing and a lot of things. So I didn't call my doctor's office back because I, at that point I was kind of just set in my way that I knew it was a miscarriage. And, you know, I wasn't in that much pain until one night I woke up at three in the morning and I was like, I, there's something seriously wrong. And so I didn't, still didn't call the doctor. I think it's my stubbornness of being, a Yankee, as I would put it. Um, but I just knew, I knew it was over and I knew that was the process. So then, um, after that, I went back a week later and, um, they did the ultrasound and they could start to see the, um, sac starting to diminish the wall of the sac start to collapse. And that's a tail sign of, you know, your body's taking care of it naturally and your body's going through the process. And at that point she said I had passed about 80% of it and that I didn't need to have um, anything else done. I didn't need to have a DNC or take the medication or anything that my body was just going to pass it naturally. And um, so during this whole time, you know, everyone was starting to really get worried because this was my mom's greatest fear that my sister-in-law is pregnant and she's fine and everything's fine and that one of us something would happen to one of us and so I remember um being at the doctor's office and my mom just started to cry and I was like you know it's just it's to me I knew at that moment that I could not be I could not be mad at my sister-in-law and I couldn't 
you know, it was so hard because everybody was so excited. They were due three days apart and they were just so, it, it was a freak thing, but it lined up perfectly. And it was going to be so fun to have two at the same time. And so everybody has kind of shut down and nobody's really said anything and, you know, all of those things. And I think, you know, being a communication major, the best way for me to understand things is to talk about them. But in my family, it just seems like everybody has not really avoided it. If I started talking about it, they would talk about things. But I think even now it's been um, almost a month and a half since it happened. I think it's just very interesting that like how uncommon this is talked about in terms of miscarriages and especially this whole blighted ovamax aspect of it. They they account 50% of all miscarriages to blighted ovums. And so a little background on what that is um, from the research that I've done is it's a blighted ovum is when the sperm and the egg pair, you go through a process where the male and female chromosomes start to pair up to create a cell. And during that time, usually chromosome nine is what my doctor said, something goes wrong in the pairing process. And during that pairing process, the chromosomes just don't agree or they, there's a disconnect. And then your body just absorbs the um, pregnancy. But your body doesn't tell your body you're not pregnant anymore. So you're still pregnant. You still get positive pregnancy tests. You still get all the hormones and the body changes and all of those things. But it's like it develops, but there's nothing inside of it. And I just... I just feel like there's, it's such a, miscarriage is such a taboo topic in general, but this is just something that happens to so many people. And I haven't really told, I mean, I've told some people what has happened to people that knew that I was pregnant. And I think it's just very important for a platform like this and for a podcast like this to be able to tell people that this stuff does happen. And I think it's just such an interesting thing. Um, I would never wish it on a soul. Um, but I just, it's such an uncommon thing that it's just, it's such a, it's such a whirlwind of emotions. Um, but I didn't really understand what it was and I didn't really understand how many women face the same things, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. it's, it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing because and I know I'm going to be quoting the Hills right now, and this is going to be crazy, but the, <laughs> the, the new reboot came on, just happened to be during the midst of all of this. And I was a huge Hills fan um, growing up. And Whitney Port is one of the main characters on the show. And she um, recently went through a miscarriage and she said, you know, you're so excited to be pregnant and you're so happy. And then you go through a miscarriage and you're so sad. And then after the miscarriage is over, you feel guilty because the miscarriage is over. You feel guilty for being happy that it's over. And when I heard her say that, I think I rewound my DVR three times and I was like, this makes so much sense. Like you have this guilt of it being over. And, um, you know, I just, it's such a hard thing to balance. And, um, I know I haven't really talked a lot about my husband, um, but he, he is having a, 
he's had a hard time with it because he was in denial for a long time. Like he just thought over that week it was going to just be fine. And this was just not really what it was. But, you know, I think a lot of people also don't talk about the male side of this, if that makes sense. Um, and he, he's, he's handling it. Okay. I think everybody, everybody expected me to have a mental breakdown. Um, but I knew I couldn't. And I think I knew that because I knew, I knew too much as it was in terms of all of the research and stuff I did during my graduate research project that I knew having a mental breakdown wasn't going to solve anything and it wasn't going to make me pregnant again. So I think, you know, there's just so many layers to a miscarriage that people don't understand. And, um, I was on Instagram one day and I found your podcast, but I also found this other Instagram page and I don't really remember it, what it's called right this second, but it talks about, it's like I had a miscarriage or something like that. And she puts quotes up all the time and she's like, you know, people, you know, they know you're going through a miscarriage, but once it's over, everybody just stops. No, nobody looks in and talks about it anymore. And not that I think talking is always the best method. I think sometimes you just need to move past things, but I think sometimes, and for some people being able to talk about it is helpful. And I know I've found it as helpful where my husband, he doesn't really find that as helpful, but he's more of an introverted person with his feelings and emotions, a typical male. He doesn't really express himself. And I overly express myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my story. Um, I know it's not really as put together as some people's stories may be. Um, it was but, perfect. You know, I loved it. I mean, that sounds really weird, but like very therapeutic and very relatable. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just how it happened. And, you know, and I can, it's, it's still fresh. It's still new. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where everything happens for a reason and everything happens in the time it's supposed to happen. And I know that's such a cliche to say, thing to say, but I think, you know, kind of what my doctor was telling me and, you know, everybody's doctors and experiences are different. And she's like, you know, this happens to so many people for reasons we will never understand. She's like, we don't know a whole lot about this. All we know is it happens all the time. She goes, I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell the same thing to women that come into my office countless times a week, a month, a year. She's like, it's just one of those things that's understudied and under understood, if that's a word. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's very, very weird, but it's also a very, um, you know, just a transition phase, I guess you could say to whatever's next. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And you guys are, so you're back to trying, I take it or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, so we're back to trying and she's also said, and I don't know if this is like a statistic or I I don't have a clue. Um, she said something to the effect of that, like, I guess the next three cycles after you have a miscarriage with a blighted ovum, because your body was technically pregnant, you can get pregnant. Yeah. You're super fertile. You're super fertile. So, um, we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I, I always use that to our advantage as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, we'll try this again. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and she told me, she's like, if you're, if you want to wait, you need to use some sort of a protection because 
you know, it's very possible because your body is super fertile. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's my story and my life right now. And I just thought the best way to express myself was to be able to talk with you about it and to kind of just let the whole world know without actually having a face-to-face conversation with yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's so much easier to do it online. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's that awkward in person and, you know, someone tells you you're sorry and you're like, yeah, me too. And then that comes off as kind of rude and insensitive to their feelings, but you have to mass match their emotions. It's just so hard. It's just like, okay, if I can tell my story, let people listen to it without me being there, then they understand. I understand. And it's just such an easier outlet. If you, yeah, it's, it's just get it out there. And then it's like, yeah, out there. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is what I've been going through for the last few months. If you care, listen, if you don't, don't you know what I mean? Like it's exactly. Just, it's just part of it. But oh. I really appreciate you doing this, and you probably hear a lot of stories and a lot of people's pain and happiness in the future. And I'm just really appreciative of what you do. I appreciate you for jumping on and being so vulnerable. If you have, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? <sighs> My piece of advice would be to it's okay to not be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I think people think, I know I, sorry. In my experience, I know I felt like I had to be strong for everyone else. And, um, I told myself I wasn't going to cry. Um, but I think it's okay to have, um, I guess you could say it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to cry. You're going to have moments where you feel like the whole world is crumbling. You're going to have moments that you want to talk about it and you're going to have moments that you don't want to talk about it, but just know and listen to yourself and listen to your own body. Um, and do what's best for you. And I know that's kind of a selfish thing, but you can't, you can't control everything. And I think that was hard for me because I'm like, okay, what if I'm happy, then everyone around me will be happy, you know? And I think it's just, it's okay to not be okay. I guess I can't stress that enough. Um, I guess that would be my piece of advice. Absolutely. Um, But yeah. If you, if somebody wants to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way? Yes. Yes. Instagram. Um, Yep. If you just look up my name, I think my my URL thing or my whatever you call it is Samantha dot Abigail. And my parents spell Abigail a weird, weird way. So it's A-B-I-G-A-L-E. And then it's that like line thing underneath that. What's that called? Um, Under, underscore. underscore. Yeah. yeah underscore. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, but if and you I'll just look at that. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be really easy. Me. I'll link it in the, de- I'll link it in the description. I'm sure <laughs> people. Yeah. And I'm sure people yeah. are going to, oh, I thought it was on mute for a second. I'm sure people are <laughs> going to reach out to you. And... Yeah. That's totally fine. Go ahead. <laughs> awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Samantha. Thank you. On. I really appreciate it. Yes. I appreciate you and keep me posted. I will. I will. Thank you. Okay. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 